Principal Matters Podcast, episode 168. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, we're going to be talking about managing your day with my special guests, Kim Marshall and Jen David Lang. Kim Marshall and Jen David Lang are the authors of the new book, The Best of the Marshall Memo. Book one, Ideas and Action Steps to Energize Leadership, Teaching, and Learning. And let me just give you some quick bios. Many of you are familiar with their names already. Kim Marshall was a teacher, central office administrator, and principal in the Boston Public School area for more than 30 years. And he now leads workshops, courses, coaches, school leaders, consults with schools and districts, and produces the weekly Marshall memo summarizing ideas and research from over 60 publications. He's the author of numerous articles and books, including Rethinking Teacher Supervision and Evaluation. And Jen David Lang has worked in education for more than 25 years as a teacher, admin, and consultant, and now designs and provides workshops for principals and teachers, coaches, leaders, and conducts school evaluations. Since 2007, Jen has published the main idea, a service for busy school leaders that provides summaries of compelling education books accompanied by suggestions for professional learning. I'm sitting in a room via my Zoom link with two champions of educational research and practice. So Kim and Jen, welcome to Principal Matters. I'm so excited to talk about your new book. And before we jump into the content, I just want to ask you both, in addition to that introduction, to share something personal about yourself that might surprise our listeners. And Kim, I'll let you go first. Well, uh, people may not know that I actually taught sex education for 25 years as a sixth grade teacher and as a principal, and I uh, really think it's a very, very important part of, of middle school kids' education. So that, that might not be on people's li- Kim Marshall list. Yeah, I bet that's exciting, especially with middle school kids. I can't imagine the lessons you've learned in keeping composure. The poker face is very, very important, but the content, I mean, kids are fascinated and the giggles go away very quickly. And uh, then they really, really well, buckle right. down and, and they, li- they listen and they get a heck of a lot out of it. Well, and we can use that topic for another show, but I have been listening to recently the Centers for Disease and Control talking about the spike in sexually transmitted diseases among our youth. And so, Kim, that is a, a very important topic and maybe one we can talk about at a future time. Jen, what about you? What's something about you that might surprise our listeners? Mine's not as exciting as Kim's, but uh, when I was uh, 11, my parents shipped me off to the Philippines to be a part of this peace camp where we met kids from all over the world so that when we all grew up and became leaders, we would have a different perspective before we push the button to drop a bomb on (laughs) people who are very different from ourselves. And uh, I hadn't thought about that in a while, but it does infuse a lot of my own leadership and my own thinking about interacting with people. Wow. And Jen, where are you physically? Where do you live? I am in Brooklyn, New York. So New York, Boston, Tulsa, Oklahoma, here we are all over the nation having this incredible conversation. And I want to just jump straight into the content of one of the chapters of your book. And let me just, first of all, say some things about this new book. Because Kim and Jen have been designated readers for educators curating ideas and research from magazines and books for years and years and years. And this book is the work of 170 researchers and practitioners, and it's organized 
into categories on high leverage practices, maximizing teacher's impact and classroom structures for successful learning. And when I reached out to Jen and to Kim, I asked them, could we today talk about something that I've been seeing a lot of leaders struggle with? And that is time management. And so, guys, I would love for you to talk for just a little bit about some of the lessons that you've learned from your research and your practice. And Jen, I'll let you go first. Well, the first lesson is you you have to manage your time. I mean, everyone, the work of a principal is never done. And uh, you're never going to have the type of day where you've checked off all your boxes and go home and you're done. So you really Mm -hmm. have to manage your time. Otherwise, you do what's in front of you. You don't do what's important. And um, in this chapter, in the article actually by Kim, he talks about big rocks. And many of your listeners have probably seen that video where you ask people, you know, what are your most important things that you're doing? It's a complicated uh, explanation. But if, if you don't prioritize what you're doing, if you don't plan your work, it gets away from you. And so when you feel pressed for time, you want to cut out writing things down and being organized because it's taking time away, don't. That's the first thing you have to do as a school leader is manage your time or you'll get to nothing that's important. Yeah. Kim, can you explain that big rocks analogy? What does that look like? This is a classic uh, sort of time management story. So you have a big jar and there are three big rocks in it that that go up to the top of the jar. And the question is uh, to the audience is, is it full? And people say, yeah, it's full of big rocks. And then, and then uh, you pull out from behind uh, a, a drape, a lot of gravel, and you throw the, put the gravel in, it fills in the gaps. And so is it full now? Well, I, yeah, kind of. And then so the next comes sand and then comes water. And so the question is, what's the moral of the story? And the, the, the naive moral of the story is you can always fit more in. So you're thinking as a principal, wow, you know, I can, if I just work harder and you know, stay up later, I'll fit more in. But the real moral of the story is you put the big rocks in first. And then that begs the question, so what are the big rocks? Because if they don't go in first, then you'll fill your day with, with gravel and sand and water, which is the less important stuff. So what are the big rocks? And there would be you know, three big rocks in a principal's life, and one of which is get into classrooms, give teachers feedback. So when you are talking to, to, to leaders, let's just stay with the principals in mind, and they're trying to figure out, their day, your suggestion is pick the biggest priorities first. In other words, look at what are the, the main things that you want to be accomplishing each day. And I'm, I'm assuming you're suggesting that should be the priorities that you put down first, because you know there's going to be crisis, you know there's going to be interruptions, you know there's going to be parents who have concerns. So what are some of those big rocks, Kim or Jen, that you think should be something that a principal prioritizes uh, or a leader when they're going into their, into their school day? Jen, why don't you go ahead? Sure. Um, in the chapter, people have probably heard about Stephen Covey's four quadrants. And um, he, he uses this idea of these quadrants to describe different types of work. So quadrant one is where a lot of a principal's time automatically goes. Items that are important and urgent. So you have a fire, you have a lockdown. These things are obviously important and they're urgent. But it's quadrant two that we want to try to spend more time on. And that's the items that are important, but they're not urgent. So, for example, your faculty's professional learning. No one is going to die if you do not uh, develop your, your faculty, but your students will suffer, certainly. So, certainly, professional learning 
teacher growth, student learning, all of the activities that are centered around improving teaching and learning, those are the activities that a principal needs to maximize. Working with teachers individually and in teams in their planning, their day-to-day planning, week-long unit planning. Working with teachers to look at student learning, student results, data, using that data to drive decisions about teaching, about learning. These are the kinds of activities that principals will often get stuck in their office with angry parent phone calls, with the line out the door, putting out fires, engaging in what Kim calls the hyperactive superficial principal syndrome. So we have to try to move principals away from that and more toward the activities that support teaching and learning. So So you talked about four quadrants, and I just want to make sure Principal Matters listeners are are tracking with us, Jen. That first one was important and urgent, which obviously sometimes those are things that require our immediate attention. And then the second is the important but not urgent, which are typically those priorities that we want to be focusing on that necessarily, nothing's on fire, but they're the the real part of the work that produces the most results in student learning. And what were the other two? So the, the third quadrant is not important, but urgent. The parent is furious that you moved the bus stop a few feet away. And, and so that's a, an angry parent at your door and you don't have a system in place to deal with that. So you end up dealing with the, that angry parent. Not so important, but it seems imper- urgent. It's on your doorstep. And then there's the not important and not urgent. And those, are, those include things like mistakes. I mean, not mistakes that you learn from, but, you know, doing work over that's already been done. You know, useless email, spending too much time on, you know, combing through your email and which ones are important and the Viagra ads and all of that. That's not urgent and not important quadrant four. Uh, And actually, uh, the third uh, article summary in this chapter, in chapter two on time management, it's a wonderful article from the Journal of Staff Development by by William Powell and Okran Kasuma Powell. Uh, which I summarized, and it's, it's like a page and a half summary, but just let, let me give you the, the, one of the big takeaways from this, because this is qua- a classic quadrant four, yeah. is they list uh, several activities that they feel are not productive for principals. And the first one is giving students feedback that isn't used. So noticing that teachers are spending a lot of time grading papers and writing comments, and the kids look at the grade and, and throw it away or file it. Uh, second one is poorly run meetings. So a meeting that isn't well-organized and well-framed, that accomplishes nothing, maybe reading circulars and so forth. And the third one uh, is the traditional teacher evaluation process, Uh, something that most people know does not add value, but that takes up uh, a roughly estimate of about 350 hours of a principal's time a year. So those are things that a strategic time manager will try to, to steer away from, do less of, uh, you know, find other ways of dealing with. And then in terms of just, uh, uh, you know, something Jen mentioned, email. Uh, email is consuming a lot of school leaders. And one of the most interesting tricks that I've seen is, is principals who put an out-of-office message up on their email every during the school day, which says, I'm in classrooms and working with teachers. If this is urgent, call so-and-so. But otherwise, I'll get back to you at 3 o'clock this afternoon. So really buffering themselves from the constant interruptions, uh, consuming time that, that email does to you. Wow, those are golden nuggets. So Principal Matters listeners, you're probably taking notes like I am, those of you that are in your offices. And if you're listening from your car or you're commuting or, or in other places, let me just quickly summarize that again. Quadrant run is important 
in urgent, quadrant two, important, not urgent, quadrant three, not important and urgent, and quadrant four, not important and not urgent. And Kim and Jen, I, I really want to park for just a second back on number three, that not important but urgent seems to be as big a time suck as that not important, not urgent, that you know, emails and and useless meetings or unimportant announcements, those things can drain time and energy and focus. But so can the distractions, like you said, Jen, of things that really aren't important, but they may be urgent to other people. And one of the things that I've discovered that leaders do well with practice is training other people to manage those urgent things for them so that they can focus on the the important. What are some other takeaways you guys would have for leaders on time management as you look at those quadrants or other suggestions and recommendations that you have from your research? Well, following the article with the four quadrants is an article by Justin Bader, where he talks Mm -hmm. about putting systems in place to deal with those quadrant three, not important, but urgent, you know, angry parent issues. And he makes an amazing analogy to the field of firefighting. He said that firefighters used to spend most of their time putting out fires, which we hear that all the time as principals. That's what they do. But in the in the 19th century, they started to change their efforts to focus much more on prevention, going into schools, talking to kids, you know, stop, roll, I should know this. Uh, and um, so that's the same idea with drop, drop and right? roll. Drop and roll, right? I learned mm-hmm. in elementary school. So what are the systems that we can put in place to delegate to other people? So if you have a lot of traffic during dismissal time, he says, no one should be running to the principal to deal with traffic. It is urgent. You have to get kids in and out of the building. So put together a safety committee. The safety committee should deal with the traffic problem. The principal should not. Substitute teachers, that's a huge one. Should you be spending the first hour of your day rather than planning your day thoughtfully dealing with substitute teachers? No, designate someone on the staff, train them, make sure you have an up-to-date list of substitute teachers. And then this, this is, it is an urgent issue, but it doesn't have to be one that the principal handles. And the beauty of these, of these uh, article summaries in the book, the one that Jen just told is an absolute gem by Justin Bader, is, is that they can be read in about uh, five or 10 minutes. So a group of principals could sit down and read Justin's article and then have a discussion about these very specific ideas and think about how, okay, so how am I dealing with substitutes? How am I dealing with dismissal? How am I dealing with email? And really think these things through. So that, that I think, is one of the main virtues of this book is you've got right in front of you, you know, very specific uh, pointers that are, that are digestible in just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, Justin Bader is, uh, I'm a big fan of Justin's, and he's, of course, the uh, the host of the Principal Center radio show and an author of a great book, Now We're Talking, Effective Ways to Work with Teachers, and I'm so glad you're using him as, as a resource in, in your research, too. I have another question for either one of you, but, you know, time management for a lot of us that have been in the practice of, of leadership is often learned the hard way. You think, and I, I like that word, Kim, that you used earlier that Jen cited you for earlier, and I didn't quite catch all of it about the hyper principle. Can you talk oh, about H- what that means for you? So HS, HSPS, hyperactive superficial principle syndrome, which uh, pretty much described me in my first five years as a principal. Talk about that with us. I'd like to know how you learned the hard way, how to become a better time manager. Well, I mean, I can spend a whole day being incredibly busy. 
uh, Rick DeFore used to say that you can show up as a principal and you'll be busy all day. You know, that's the sand and the gravel and the water. And at the end of the day, I'm driving home and I'm saying, wait a minute, I didn't get into a single classroom. I didn't really talk to anyone about instruction today. I didn't do anything with curriculum. I had a very empty feeling, even though I'd worked really hard and had been really busy and had done some important things like fixing the Xerox machine and uh, pulling a splinter out of a kid's finger. I was very good at getting splinters out. I had a technique and even the nurse sent kids to me to have their splinters taken out. (laughs) But then stepping back from it, that's really not the work of a principal. And so I gradually, gradually kind of dawned on me that I needed to be a lot more purposeful. And one of the very specific things was I set a numerical target for the number of classrooms that I wanted to visit every day and have a conversation, brief conversation with the teacher about what I saw. And my target, given 42 teachers, was three a day. If I could get into three classrooms for brief visits every day and catch them either that day or the next day for a brief conversation, and that only took 30 minutes, you know, three 10-minute visits, and I could fit it in, even in a very busy day. But that's the kind of purposeful, you know, really, and in the big rocks analogy here is I was forcing those big rocks into my day. I was making sure, and if I drove home without doing that, I felt that I hadn't really done my job. Mm, that's good. Jen, do you have any feedback on that too? Yeah, I think, um, and I just uh, summarized Paul Bambrick Santoyo's book, Leverage Leadership 2.0. And um, he's a big fan of having a schedule where you have set times during the week when you set aside a block to visit school um, teachers. I almost prefer that you have a set time each week or other week for one-on-ones where you meet with teachers so that you feel like in order for me to meet with this teacher by Thursday, it's Monday, I've got to get into his class before then. So if you have these sort of sacred times that you block, I guess we're going more into instructional leadership here, but... (laughs) By having a calendar, that's part of the planning, that you have these sacred times that you are just going to observe teachers or you're just going to meet with teachers. And in the same way, you would also calendar times to deal with email and not answer email all day long with the beeps coming in, but preferably you know, later in the day or earlier in the morning when you don't have students and teachers around. But hmm. to, to really use your calendar well to, for your big priorities, but also to get the other work done that you need to do. And speaking of those beeps, uh, one of the first steps is to turn off the audible noise for when an email comes in, because that way you're really treating email as a, as a telephone beep. You have to answer it versus this is an right. asynchronous means of communication. And really 24 hours is a suitable amount of time to answer an email. So turning the audible off is, is a very important first step. You know, something that um, I say to new principals too that is in line with what both of you are recommending, and maybe this comes from that idea of the the rocks in the jar, Kim, but I call it chunking. And I'll tell principals, you know, decide at the beginning of your day what you're going to go, what you're going to chunk into your calendar in advance so that you already have, like you said, Jen, times in teachers' classrooms placed in your calendar that you know. In fact, I always told principals, if you've got a roster of teachers, you know how many you, you need to see, you know how much you want to be in their classrooms. I suggest actually scheduling all of that out the school year in advance. So that full calendar school year, you know, going into every single week, what your target goals are for each week so that you've built that into your calendar in advance so that everything else can be built around that. And inevitably, you're still going to have emergencies where there's situations that knock you off schedule and then you can politely reschedule with people. But if you don't have those things chunked in, then what happens is those 
not urgent, not important things, or sometimes those urgent but not important things will, will just bleed into your day. And like you said, Kim, you'll get to the end of the day and feel like you've accomplished nothing. And, and, and of course, relationship building is not nothing. We need to be connecting with people, building relationships, growing our communities. Those are all such important parts, not just the tasks of leadership, but because that's an important part of leadership too. But relationships also have to be intentional. If you're not scheduling time, like you said, one-on-one gen or follow-up meetings with, with teachers or student leaderships groups or people one-on-one, it's just simply not going to happen. Well, so one, so, one uh, the, the very first article summary in this chapter is, is a classic article by Kenneth Freeston and Jonathan Costa in which they say the principals really have to have a concept of three kinds of work. And they're going to be doing all three kinds of work. The first one is value-add work. That's work that actually improves teaching and learning. The second is necessary work. That's just getting the buses running, you know, getting the paper ordered and stuff like that, the stuff that needs to be done running the cafeteria. And the third one is waste work. And Jen alerted to, alluded to this earlier on, work that really you shouldn't be doing, because, but you're really cleaning up someone else's mess or maybe your own mess. And I, I have a good story about that if you're interested. But I think coming into the day with that concept, I've got to do uh, the necessary work as quickly and efficiently as possible. Uh, I've got to, to force in, you know, the, the put the big rocks in, you know, like you're just saying, schedule those classroom visits. Got to do that. Go to those teacher team meetings, you know, be. And then the third one is, is how do you avoid waste work? Now, there, the things are going to happen. You know, things are going to happen. But there, there are definitely ways that you can avoid that. And one of them is getting out of your office and being up and about the building, coming yes. up that back stairway, you know, noticing that that's a magnet for bullies, you know, just uh, just being around, getting into classrooms and, and, and noticing that a teacher is really not managing kids well and working with that teacher. Just And that way you prevent a lot of problems that could be taking up a lot of your time. Yeah. Well, let's talk to our new leaders for a moment. I've been doing uh, several trainings this semester with new principals, and this question keeps coming up from them consistently. And, and they realize that they're learning as some things that they've not done before, because it doesn't matter how long you've been in the classroom when you step into an office setting or really any new position, there's a lot to learn in in those positions. And so you've got to give yourself some grace. But if you're speaking to a new leader who just simply feels overwhelmed because they can't always determine what's important and what's urgent, they're still trying to figure out where do they start? What would you suggest for that new leader to, to get them started in trying to get a handle on their time management? I would suggest they start with the sixth article which summarizes the work of David Allen, getting things done. So a lot of these time management ideas are not so that principals can do more, but actually so that principals can get rid of some of the stress (laughs) and the anxiety they feel when they just walk down the hall for 30 seconds and all of a sudden one student, two teachers, and one administrator give them something that they have to remember or do or show up for, right? So what do you do when you walk down the hallway and someone said, a teacher says, I want you to come visit my end of semester projects next Tuesday, fourth period. And then a student comes up and says, oh, my bus stop didn't arrive on time today. And what do you do with all this information as a new school leader? It's overwhelming. So what do you need? You need a system. So David Allen has a great system that I really use that he outlines in his book, Getting Things Done. And there's a a summary of, um, of his system here. But simply having some tools in place to write down things. It can be physical paper, it can be electronic, it can be apps. But first to just have a place to send all of these items so that you can clear out your brain. 
Hmm. What do you, you know, a list so that you write down what you're doing this day, today, this week, this year, um, ideas that you're not going to deal with for a while. There, there are some tools that new leaders can use, but the idea is you need a place to write everything down. So that's the first thing is a system for gathering all this input. And then the second thing, unless, did you want to add to that, Kim? I just want to say, here's a practical thing that female administrators need to have something that has pockets, clothes that have pockets or a portable device, uh, a way of recording that. I hear all the time from female principals that they don't have a place to put this stuff. Uh, So does that ring a bell with you, Jen? Yes, it's not fair. <laughs> we don't have a lot of clothing with pockets, but I don't mind walking around with a clipboard or looking goofy. I, I don't have trouble with that. There you go. Okay, go go ahead to your second one. Yeah, so, so first, yeah, there's a system, and if there's time, we can talk about some of these lists. I mean, one of my favorites is just a rainy day list. I got this from Maya Hake Merlin, who wrote The Together Leader. So you're, you're in the shower, and you have a great idea. Oh, you know, I think our students should be learning Mandarin. China is becoming a huge power. So you have this great idea, but you know you're not going to implement it for two, three years, but it's, it's in your head. It's consuming you. Where do you put it? The rainy day list. So that's an example of one of the many lists that new school leaders should have. Um, I always have my to-do list for the day, for the week, and these don't just come out of nowhere. They come out of breaking down larger goals for the year. Mm-hmm. And then in order for this system to work, you don't just write everything down. Every new principal should schedule a meeting with him or herself Friday late afternoon or Saturday morning to review what are the tasks from the past week that haven't been done that need to be pushed to next week? What are the items that I'm going to pull from my rainy day list and do this week? How is my progress toward my big goals? What does my next week look like? As you said, Will, what are my chunks of time? Oh, I see on Tuesday, I've got a big chunk of time where I'm observing or meeting with teachers. So I need to do my project planning on Thursday. But to really schedule a meeting with yourself once a week, preferably at the end of the week, is a huge movement forward in getting new principals to feel a little bit calmer. (laughs) Uh, uh, David Allen is one of the wisest thinkers on this, and he, he says one of the key practices is weekly review. And whether it's Friday afternoon before you go home, whether it's Saturday morning with me as a principal, it was Sunday morning, perhaps early Monday morning, but at the pivot of the week. So my, my big advice for a new principal would be a, a very simple thing, which, which many of them would, would maybe not do on their own, which is uh, to get into classrooms of brand new teachers. And there's just an article in the Marshall Memo recently, which is not in the book because it came to recently, which said that most principals, especially new principals, think that new teachers don't want them in their classrooms. They're going to make them nervous. But it turns out if you ask the new teachers, they actually really, really want the principals to come in on an informal basis, not a big deal kind of thing, but they want them to come in and give them encouragement and give them pointers. So just plain getting out of your office, getting into classrooms and not a formal visit, you know, just a quick sort of 10 minute visit with a follow up face to face conversation afterward. Of course, the last thing you want to do is leave the teacher a note that says, uh, can we talk later on? That's one of the worst things a principal can do. But this uh, short visits with face to face feedback is a very powerful method of building trust, building relationships. You mentioned that, Will, and getting a sense of what's really going mm-hmm. on in classrooms. And so, and again, having a numerical target. Today, I'm going to try to get into two or three classrooms and have those conversations. That is 
a powerful practice for new principals, which really builds their credibility, builds their chops, shows the shows the they're they're walking the talk. You know, they're actually out of their office, getting around the building. Yeah. One of the worst things I see is schools where, because I coach principals, uh, where, where the kids don't know who the principal is. Now that's a really bad thing when the principal is not out and about enough and is not known by the kids. Mm-hmm. Well, principal matters, listeners. If you're like me, you have I have two full pages of notes notes now because of the value bombs that Kim and Jen have been dropping on us. This is such powerful information for principals and leaders who want practical tools for management. The book is the best of the Marshall Memo. Book one, Ideas and Action Steps to Energize Leadership, Teaching, and Learning that you can find on Amazon.com. And I'm hoping, Kim and Jen, that book one means that there's more coming from the two of you because the work that you guys do is, is so important and so powerful. So as we're wrapping up today, I would like to just ask the two of you, how can listeners connect with you if they want to follow you online, if they want to, if they want to connect with you via email? What are some ways that they can stay connected with you and follow your work? So my email address is kim.marshall48. And you can remember that because I was actually born in 1948. I'm a baby, baby boomer, kim.marshall48 at gmail.com. And anyone who emails me, I would be happy to send them for free this chapter that we've been discussing, the chapter on time management. I have a, I have a document I can sort of, a link I can send you. Wonderful. And Jen? The service that I run providing book summaries for principals is called The Main Idea. So you can go to themainidea.net my email address is there, my contact info. And after reading the summary from the book, if you want to get more details from David Allen's Getting Things Done, just mention Will in this podcast, send me an email, and I'll send you a summary of Getting Things Done, the book. Wow. I cannot tell you too how valuable this information has been. I can't wait to share it with Principal Matters listeners. I can't wait to share it with new principals because, and, I, and I'm learning, even though I've been doing this work now for 24 years, I, I'm learning just from the sharing that we're doing back and forth with each other's areas where I need to reprioritize and focus too. Any parting words of uh, our thoughts as we wrap up today's episodes from either of you, Jen and Kim, and thank you guys so much for the work that you're doing. Well, I, in one of the one of the schools I'm working in, uh, they I had noticed that they were saying good luck to the kids before important exams, or good luck to teachers before heading off to a difficult uh, class. And the school realized that this is actually not the most appropriate thing to say because it's not about luck. And so the school shifted its language. Instead of saying that, they said much success. Mm-hmm. So I really wish mm-hmm. all principals out there and other school leaders much success. Thanks, Kim. And one quick thing. If you imagine how much happier you'll be by getting yourself organized and your time managed, think about how happy everyone at your school would be if you got all of the teachers and all of the administrators organized. So take a look at the end of this chapter. There are PD suggestions so that you can introduce this chapter and these ideas to all of your teachers and all of your staff members. So perhaps it can be a school-wide project to um, have everyone manage their time better all at once. Wow. Well, Kim and Jen, thank you guys so much for the valuable work that you're providing to educators and leaders across the nation and the world. Thank you for the time you've taken to put together this amazing resource. And Principal Manders listeners, I hope that you reach back out to Kim at his email address at kim.marshall48 at gmail.com or reach out to Jen at her website. And Jen, can you repeat that again? It's the mainidea.net, correct? Yes. Yeah. Well, Principal Binders listeners, thank you for the time that you've taken this week to learn and to grow together because what you do matters. And we'll talk to you next week. 
If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out all my posts at williamdparker.com.